Happy New Year. It is so good to gather once again. If you're watching online and we haven't met, my name is Carlos. Uh, welcome to Evergreen. I get to be one of the pastors here. And I want to begin by asking you to contemplate, where is your place to focus? Whenever you need to think clearly, you need to just really kind of get into that really concentrated place. Where do you go? It might be that you have uh, just this sweet setup in a corner office of your house with the right chair and the right lighting, or maybe for you, it's, uh, it's, it's the library. Your place is the library. Or it's getting, getting around into the neighborhood and, and going for a stroll or going for a nice hike, getting outdoors. Or maybe for you, you need a busy coffee shop to think clearly. Or it's your garage or your wood shop. Well, Ilson and I, we needed to get to a place. We, uh, at the beginning, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, prior to this year, we needed to make space to get clarity. We needed to find direction. And so we got away. And where we went, our place, was Oceanside. Not Oceanside, California, the better Oceanside. Oceanside, Oregon. And so it was at this wonderful uh, place that we got to see God's beautiful creation of the Oregon coast and enjoy many sunsets. And we had a lot of fun and we had a lot of play. But we did wrestle with this very big question. And it was this, if Evergreen could only do one thing but be the best in the world at, What would that be? What would be our one thing? What would we strive for to be the best place or known as the best place for? We knew that this was a significant question because it would would set our focus for this new year, for 2023. And so we prayed, and we journaled, and we talked, and we considered, we imagined what God was calling us into this next shot. And so the first thing we thought about uh, was our place, our literal place in, uh, in the city, our beautiful uh, 29,000 uh, square foot, mostly brick building, uh, built on 16 acres of beautiful green, uh, uh, green space, uh, our place that is so conveniently and, and uh, beautifully at the heart of Washington County, easily accessible by cities that you and I get to call home, like Cornelius and Forest Grove and, and, uh, um, and Banks and uh, Beaverton and Aloha. And if I don't shout out your city, I'm sorry. <laughs> I could go on and on. But we also consider not only our place, but our larger community, the fact that we exist in the second most diverse county in our state, and we are within the zip code of Hillsborough, which is the second most diverse city in the state, and this is home, this is a hub for diverse families raising their children in an ever-changing society. We considered that. We also thought about our people this 
wonderful faith community that we call Evergreen that is currently being led by the Chapter 32 team made up of new and seasoned leaders that are gifted and passionate in their individual roles. And together, we get to lead um, an army, an army of generous and gifted multi-generational volunteers who give week after week of their time, talent, and treasure, we thought of our wonderful people. We thought of you. And then lastly, um, we considered our legacy. Evergreen, a 94-year-old four-square church that, has, that is now benefiting from years of established partnerships with the city and the school district having a reputation for doing good for the larger community with no strings attached. We were taught to love until people asked us why. Again, if we could only do one thing but be the best at, what would that be? What's our one thing, Evergreen? I think you know. Evergreen, in 2023, we still want to be the best place for all kids and youth in Washington County. That's our one thing. That's what we are made to do. That is our vision. That is our hope. That is what we hope to experience in the future, that we would be known as the best place for the next generation the best place for all kids and youth. And all of us, all of us get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of a place where kids can't wait to come and don't want to go home. We get to be a place where youth get to learn how to uh, deeply love and freely give and always progress and have a place where they belong and are seen and are heard and loved the way they understand to be the best place for youth. And so that is our point of focus. That is who we want to continue to be. That is why many of you have chosen to be a part of Evergreen, hasn't it? I've had so many conversations that has gone something like, well, our kids just love it here. We've tried other places, but this is where they want to be. And I high-five those kids and I say, good job. You're awesome. <laughs> Here's a lollipop, right? <laughs> we'll take it. But how? How are we going to continue in this ambitious goal of being the best place? Well, I want you to know that we're open to your ideas. <laughs> but I have a few of my own that I want to offer here today. For starters... If we continue to follow the example of Jesus, I believe that's a good start, who I believe was revolutionary in his attitude and actions towards kids and youth. And here's why I think that. In Matthew 19, we read the following. It says, then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Did you catch what happened? Did you notice that the disciples, those that are 
the closest students to Jesus, they began to rebuke the adults for bringing the kids. What's up with these guys? What are they, think- what are they thinking? Well, one commentator wrote, it may be that the disciples, here's what they were thinking, the disciples did not see the blessing of children as urgent as the need uh, in comparison with the healing of the sick. Or maybe they were just trying to protect Jesus' time and energy who was growing in popularity. Either way, this incident suggests that the disciples felt that kids were not the priority. Teaching, healing, and overthrowing this oppressive government might have been at the top of their list. But blessing kids, that was not it. Another uh, commentator wrote that children in Jewish society were deeply cared for, but they had no social standing. Their place was to learn and to serve, but not get in the way. So the disciples, they give us a glimpse of the time of Jesus and their attitude towards kids who were not a priority intended to get in the way. But Jesus, he modeled a different attitude. Instead of rejecting, he welcomed them. He didn't see uh, these kids as an interruption to his mission. Kids were included in his mission. They were part of his missions, not an interruption. And so Jesus' attitude teaches us that kids should always be included. And isn't that something that we never grow out of? Isn't that something that you and I, if we, can, if we can have an honest moment, always want to be seen and planned for and included? Yeah. I'm having this experience as a, as a new parent where uh, Ch- Charlie is in daycare and, um, and I get these notifications of her activity. And so I know in real time through an app that the daycare allowed me to sign up, I know in real time anytime Charlie takes a poop. It's amazing. I know in real time, you know, uh, when she finishes her snack or when she takes a nap, I get those updates. And it's like ESPN updates. Like, I'm excited. I'm cheering her on. Like, yeah, that's two today. You're awesome. Get it all out now. Right? Come home empty. But here's the best part of those notifications. I actually just started to realize it just just these last couple weeks. The thing that I look forward to most is in these notifications, which also include pictures of Charlie throughout her day. And here's what I love. I love to see my girl sitting at the same table with her classmates. And and they're, they're coloring or they're having their snack. And she's included so it makes me think about how every kid, all kids, they just want to be included. Regardless of ability, regardless of race, regardless of background, regardless of what type of home they're being raised in. And so we get to be a church that includes all kids and says, hey, we've planned for you. We've thought of you. We've saved the best for you. This is actually for you. It's not just for the adult, but it's for you. We get to be that kind of church. And in that, capture the heart of Jesus. Jesus also said something really uh, profound in Matthew 18. He said this. He says, he called a little child to him and placed the child among them. 
And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Talk about a statement that would get people's attention, right? Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Here's, there's, there's so much good there, but here's what I want to pull out of that is that Jesus exemplified kids as a way to teach us about his kingdom. And so his attitude was this. We can learn from kids. They can teach us something about dependence. They can teach us something about humility. They can teach us something about faith. Watching the faith of a child is inspirational, is it not? And so having the next generation around keeps you and I who are getting older fresh and vibrant. And so we benefit when we include kids and youth. Author Kara Powell, she writes this, young people are like salt. When they're included, they make everything taste better. And so not only does Jesus include children, he points out the things that we can learn from them. But there's so much more that we can learn from Jesus in his actions towards the next generation. I want us to consider this about Jesus, that when he decided to choose his 12, his closest followers, his students, those that were going to get the, the priority in his time and his attention and his care and his teaching, when he chose those 12, we have reasons to believe that it looked more like a youth group than a band of older men. We have reasons to believe that the majority, if not all the youth, were either teenagers or young adults. That's who Jesus chose. Now, why do we think that? Well, if we do a little bit of study of of the rabbinical tradition during the time of Jesus, we know that most rabbis began their public ministry at age 30. And we know that of Jesus. And Luke, it says that at age 30, he began his public ministry that lasted three years. And what we know about that is those rabbis, they were going to invite young men. They were going to invite men that were younger than them. And so we have just that alone, just that tradition alone causes us to believe that the disciples had to be under 30. We also only know that Peter was the only one that was married. The other 11, we have, we have no uh, relational status of them, but we can assume that it's possible that they were all single, which would mean that they were younger because most Jewish men, by age 18, they were ready to marry. <laughs> and the fact that we don't know that their marriage status points to or hints to the fact that they could have been young. We also have this conversation where the disciples are talking about who, who needs to pay taxes, and Jesus then essentially asks Peter to pay a tax, and he's the only one that has to do it. And what we know about the temple tax is that um, that was required at the age of 20 and above. And so we have these examples that give us hints to the fact that these disciples were young, potentially teenagers. I mean, who else sends their mom to talk to their master about, you know, having position in the kingdom, right? Doesn't that sound like James and John, like, hey, mom, can you go tell them? Like, I mean, who else shushes away the kids, right? And so we see these behaviors, but here's, here's what's outstanding. that If this is true, if they were young, if they were teenagers and young adults, then, then God, Jesus, Jesus, the most capable, knowledgeable 
uh, wisest man on earth, he chose a band of teenagers and young adults to change the world. Isn't that incredible? He could have chosen anyone. There were plenty of capable people, and he chose these 12. And so in that, Jesus radically empowers. He shows us that he radically empowers the next generation by investing in them, by teaching and training them, and ultimately by releasing them, by handing over the mission that he began, a mission that you and I have been able to continue. And so how do we ensure... The evergreen continues for another 94 years. We empower the next generation now. We had someone write, the next generation doesn't just contain future leaders of the church. It also contains present leaders in the church. Some of our best leaders are our youth and our young adults and our kids. It is our role to identify, disciple, and empower can we continue to do that, Evergreen? Yes, yeah. You know, um, I read in preparation for this message that you can always tell a church's priorities by looking at their budgets, by looking at the way they use their building, by looking at um, the way they use their time, by the way they program. And so if we are going to be the best place for kids and youth, we need to be thinking about our place our people, and our programming. We will continue to commit the best rooms in our facilities for these ministries. I don't know if you know this, but the majority of our square footage goes to kids and youth. And that's intentional. They get the best stuff. And so if we're going to be a church that believes in the next generation, then we want to give them our best resources. Uh, the youth team, which is now made up of Nathan and Mikhail, they spent the winter break um, revamping the center. And they spent uh, sweat hours painting and remodeling. Why? Because they have a vision for us to be a space where teens can come and feel comfortable and see themselves in our physical space. And so we are excited about this next opportunity to continue to dedicate our rooms, our best places for our kids and youth. We think about our people. We want to continue to empower our people uh, to serve kids and youth. Did you know that we are a staff of 13? Evergreen is a a staff of 13, which is pretty incredible given the size of our church. We're a a mid-sized church. But five of those positions are solely dedicated to kids and youth. And one of those is our amazing kids pastors, Kim Lawless, who's right here, who's been leading the charge for the last 12, 13 years. How can I talk about this vision and not mention her name? She has led the charge. And today, we get to welcome a brand new kids assistant. She's actually walking back there. So uh, Elizabeth McAllen is joining us. And so she is going to be on board. And then, of course, if you haven't met Kelly, Kelly Elmers is our volunteer coordinator, uh, which is a job um, that is um, just incredibly appreciated. Let's just say that, let's just say that. It's, it's one of the tough ones. And so we have these five individuals that we're going to continue to resource and empower. And the other roles, of course, we pour into. But we can't do this with only paid staff. What makes Evergreen special is the Evergreen volunteer. And I don't know if you know, we have four kid directors that are just incredible. Kelly is one of them. Diana Kern, 
uh, Lauren and Jordan Roth. If you don't know their names, I say them because I want you to know them. Those four directors are the ones that lead week to week uh, roughly 115 rotating evergreen volunteers, which some of you I'm looking at right now. They lead that army that serves our kids. Nathan and Mikhail, they lead the, the, the youth team that serves our kids. We want to continue to position and resource them and hear from them. Be open to their experience. And so I asked Diana Kern to just share her, her thoughts on why eKids is what it is. And she said this. She said, my belief is that kids, especially preschool-aged kids, so she's our preschool director, they don't just need to be told about God. They need to experience Jesus through his people. That's where you and I come in. In eKids, we work hard to create an environment where kids can be engaged on hands-on discovery-based activities that bring Jesus and his teachings to life. When we talk about the Good Samaritan, they put on bandages on their stuffed animals. Animals. Our hope is that the next time they play with a stuffy, that's a fun word, a stuffy. I hadn't heard of that one. That's awesome. The next time they play with a stuffy or use a Band-Aid, it will help them recall that Jesus asked us to help others. It brings the teachings of Jesus outside the walls of the church building and into their everyday lives exactly where Jesus is. And isn't that where we want to have Jesus? And in the middle of it is our dedicated, passionate team that works to make every child feel seen and known and accepted and loved in a way that feels best to that child. What makes eKids the best is its people, and that's you. Can we applaud you, the Evergreen volunteer? And then the last thing, we talked about our place. We want to dedicate the right places. We want to empower the right people. And then last is we want to think about our programming um, all our programming decisions, when we decide whether we're going to offer a service or a small group or we're going to have a celebration or event, we, we've been taught uh, to ask this question, what is best for Evergreen? I want you to know that's, that's inside scoop. That's what we think about. We, what's best for Evergreen? Well, when I take a step back, really that, that question is synonymous as what's best for our families? What's best for our families? What will our kids and youth experience in this programming? And so one of the things that I'm excited about is that as we thought about the needs for our middle, middle and high school students, we thought about the fact that our high school students are just, they're just so committed to a lot of good things. They have extracurricular activities. They have clubs. They, they have sports. Um, and it makes it really difficult for them to be a part of our Wednesday program. And so what we decided is beginning tonight, we're going to be offering a high school-only youth night. Yes. Yes, we can celebrate that. And so uh, Nathan and team, they have been preparing for this for weeks. They've gotten the center ready. Uh, I believe there's going to be popcorn. I believe there's going to be Italian sodas. I mean, come on, can I come, right? Uh, We're bringing a special guest and hip-hop artist for an after party. I mean, it's going to be an awesome launch night. But we do it because we know that our students need a place, and we need to meet them where they're at. We We need to adjust to them. And so we're so excited to shift our programming to benefit students. Wednesday nights is going to continue to be a thing. We want to go deeper in small groups, so middle school and high school students are invited to that. 
Our 11 a.m. service will continue to serve middle schoolers. So just know that our heart behind our programming is what's best for kids and youth, what's best for Evergreen. And then lastly, the thing that we want to be thinking about is the Evergreen adults. We think about you. (laughs) We think about you, Rosalyn. Very specifically, right? We know that in order for us to be the best place for kids, we need to be able to care and support and, 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 and empower you, the invested adult. Now, you don't have to be a parent to be a part of this. You can be a grandparent. You could be an aunt. You could be a funkle like I was for many years, am, right? You could be a neighbor. You could be a coach. You could be a counselor. If you are an adult that breeds, then you can be an invested adult. (laughs) And research shows this. Uh, I found this. Research continues to affirm that the best predictor of a young person's faith is the faith of the adults around them. And so that means that our role really is to care and equip and form those adults. And so that is our commitment to you. We want to do that well, and we're imagining the different ways we can do that. But one of the things that we're excited about is we want to resource you with, 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 uh, with things that we think would be a benefit. There are so many good books and podcasts and talks and material that we want to make available for you to, to know that's available. And so one of the visions is that we're going to turn that wall back there into a family resource wall where you can go and check out different books and think about different podcasts or just meet up with other like-minded adults that are thinking about how they can serve the next generation better. Yeah. And so we're going to transform that space, and that's a start, to be able to equip and support and help you. I'm so excited about our team because they come up with all these amazing ideas. And one of the things that we already have in the calendar in February is we want to do a workshop that focuses on how can we support our teens and our kids in mental health. And so that's going to be a day that's dedicated that our team is working hard and is planning specifically for you, the adult. Isn't that amazing? And so I want to end with this because Paul had this amazing relationship with this younger man named Timothy. He was a mentor to Timothy. And we really highlight any time we talk about discipleship, you can't really overlook Paul and Timothy. But in one of his writings to Timothy, he says this in 2 Timothy 1, 5, he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Now, what Paul's revealing here is that, hey, Timothy, that thing that's so wonderful about you, that faith, that vibrant faith, that belief, that conviction that carries you forward, that was modeled. You saw that in your mother, in your grandmother. They they came before you. That is their legacy. And I think about how I am a result of generations before me. I think about Arnoldo y Maria Gomez, My parents, who as far as I can remember, had a devotion to their faith. 
who didn't miss a Sunday and sometimes took us twice. <laughs> but I remember um, sometimes just going into my parents' bedroom um, and seeing my dad on his knees praying. And I remember I felt like I'd always interrupt something like, oh, like, what? like sorry. But that's what he modeled. I remember him waking up in the early hours with the Bible and journal. And here, here's this, this man who went up to the sixth grade and had to flee a war-torn country and brought five kids with him and decided to have one more here in the States who worked in, in, in the great fields and, um, and then worked for a, 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 a factory that produced bean and grains. And here, here was a humble man, a simple man. But one of the things that he was profound in that I, I have no excuse not to have seen was having a devotional life that was real and that was private. He never boasted about it, but he lived before me this faith that I now benefit from. So there's times where I'm reminded as I'm reading my Bible, as I'm praying, as I'm doing the thing that dad taught me. And he didn't say much words. And so now the invitation is for us we get to be the Eunice and the Lois to the next generation. We get to hand out or hand down an example of faith. We get to pour into the wonderful kids and youth that God is bringing us. And so are you in? Are you in? Will you join us? Yes. We have an opportunity to continue to be the best place for kids and youth in Washington County. And there's so many ways you can join. It starts with just continue to show up, continue to be a part of Evergreen, wherever you are on your journey with Jesus. If you have been a longtime believer, if you are someone who has a lot of questions, we invite you to continue to gather. We invite you to pray, pray for our ministries, pray for the youth team tonight who's launching something fresh and new. But we also ask you to consider joining. Sign up, volunteer, give of your time, talent, and treasure. You can be a part of what God is doing here. We need you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Our our life's greatest honor is to follow you to serve you your kingdom your will for humanity to to be your hands and feet that is our honor and we come into this new year with open hands open hearts saying continue to be glorified through evergreen Continue, continue to show yourself great and mighty and powerful and able, not only in our lives, but the lives of the precious kids and youth that you are entrusting into our care. Help us to be a church that, that is all about you and is all about the next generation. Give us fresh ways to do that. Give us a fresh perspective of today's needs 
Let us be bold and generous in all we do. And Lord, our hope, our belief is that this will outlast us. What we do in 2023 will continue to have ripple effects in this county. There will be households that will be transformed for generations. There will be future leaders that will leave here and do amazing things in your name. There are people who you are bringing up that have beautiful parts of your story. And so, Lord, we anticipate those things and we say thank you. You didn't just choose the 12. You chose us. You're choosing us. Help us to choose you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.